So Money Episode 962, Ask Farnoosh, with special co-host Crystal Lewis. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everybody. November 8th, 2019. Coming off a crazy week, ladies and gentlemen, because it was just a lot of travel, coming off a red eye, getting my kids to uh, go to the dentist. Like anyone, like that should be all I should do in one week is try to get my kids to go to the dentist because that takes a lot of might. And then we had Radio City Music Hall Christmas Spectacular on the 7th. And here we are on the 8th. And so I just want to tell you where I was this week. Really excited to come off of this trip. I got invited, my friend Allie Brown, who's been on this podcast. She is a entrepreneur, business coach. She helps women who are in sort of the seven, eight figure earnings. They She helps them to kind of up-level their business, get really clear on their vision, on their plan. And she hosted us all at uh, this beautiful place, this beautiful hotel called the Camby in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where she's headquartered. And I got invited to come. And it was, I haven't done a conference since I don't even know when, like really a conference where you buy the ticket and you go and you go there to just simply learn and be exposed to all the knowledge and all the amazing people. And certainly I go to events, but often it's because I'm a moderating or speaking this. I was simply a participant and it was, it was a reminder of why it's so important sometimes to just get out there and learn again and connect with new people. So thank you to, thank you to Allie for hosting all of us. It was also a really special week of episodes. So I was so excited to get Eve Rotsky on the podcast this Monday. If you missed that episode, and if you are in a partnership and you want help with how to divvy up the the tasks in your relationship, the household duties, you've got to listen to episode 960 with Eve Rotsky. She's the best-selling, New York Times best-selling author of the book, Fair Play. It is in the Reese Witherspoon Book of the Month Club. She's giving talks all over the nation. She was on Good Morning America. I happened to see her at an event speaking and thought, oh my gosh, please, I hope she can make time for so money. And she absolutely did. She really brought you know, her A-game and gave us so much strategy and context for how to really go about organizing and creating more order and more happiness in your home. If you're feeling like as a woman, you're just shouldering way too much of the quote unquote work. And on top of that, you might be working and got other things going on. It's a lot. And it's breaking up relationships. I will tell you, laundry is probably why most people are getting divorced in this country. <laughs> I make a joke, but it is a huge, like in our relationship, it was a huge, huge source of contention until we finally outsourced it. But um, Eve has gamified how couples can go about uh, creating more happiness and order 
in their household duties and um, how to kind of take out the whole gender role expectation, right? Um, and then on Wednesday, Wednesday's episode, we had Alicia Menendez, who has a new book out called The Likeability Trap. For those of you who aren't familiar with Alicia, she's a big deal in the media world. She is multi-platform, award-winning journalist. She contributes to MSNBC and she's, you know, been on every, every network I can think of, like PBS and The View and all these different shows. She's phenomenal. She's a mom of two. And she talks very candidly about how, despite the fact that she's presents herself as very confident and very assertive. Really, she's a phenomenal woman. She has insecurities about being liked. And if you can relate to that, you definitely want to check out that episode. How do you kind of get out of that quote-unquote likability trap? We're going to head over to iTunes now to the review section and select our reviewer of the week. And this person gets a free 15-minute money session with me. This is the number one way to support the show. If you like the show or if you have you know thoughts about the show too, I'm not saying you got to leave a five-star review, but if you've got some thoughts, please do. And actually this week, I'm picking a three-star review just to keep it leveled. You know, everyone's been really generous in the last month leaving five-star reviews. This person left a three-star review. And I really think three-star reviews are important to consider it. Like a one-star review, you're not going to win that person over. But maybe I still have a chance with Kaoshi. Kaoshi left a review on October 28th and very simply said, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I wish there was less intro and I feel like it takes forever for Farnoosh to dig in. Ugh, okay. I feel really bad about this. And I think she or he is right. I do think sometimes it takes me a while to get to the guest or maybe even get to my question. So Kaoshi, let's get in touch. I really appreciate this review. I'm going to definitely keep it in mind as I continue to do this show. I know this is one of my weaknesses and I would still like to support you in your financial goal. So get in touch, farnoosh at farnoosh.tv. Email me, let me know you left your review. We'll get this on the calendar in my commitment to getting to the point. I'm going to get to the point now. We're going to get to Ask Farnoosh and the mailbag, and I'm going to bring on my co-host for the day, Crystal Lewis, who is a listener. She reached out, said she'd love to co-host because she's very passionate about personal finance. She is a Texas certified public accountant with 20 years of accounting experience, currently the corporate controller at International Risk Management Institute. She is a mom of four. She likes to play volleyball, likes gardening. She also jogs, but doesn't always like it. Crystal, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I love your honesty. You like to jog, but not always. Well, I like to list things I do, and yeah, I don't always like it. Some days I do. I eat my vegetables, don't always like them either. Right. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you so much for reaching out. And I guess my first question for you is just how did you um, fall in love with personal finance? I know that you're really interested in helping people with, you know, financial planning and making more money and spending less. Right. Well, it started, I mean, I guess, like, I like money. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be shy about it. I like it. Um, But what happened was my oldest got his first job when he was about 16 and he came in with his W-2 and he said, do I need this? (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, yeah, bud, you need it. He said, well, what do I do with it? And I got to thinking and I said, you know what? These kids are not learning these skills in school and we're still not talking about it around the dinner table. And even if you do talk to your own kids about money, they tend not to listen to you because they're at that stage that they kind of think their parents are, you know, dumb. And so I 
that's when I started an online course that teaches the kids about money, just big picture, broad level, get conversations started. They can take it on their phone. Um, and it was basically just to fill that hole that I thought if my kids didn't know about it, there's a lot of other ones out there that don't know about it. Yes. And the website is lifeprepconline.com, giving parents peace of mind by teaching kids financial responsibility. You even have a book. Tell us about it. I do. I have. It's an online book. You can get it for free on the website. If you just give us your email, we'll send you the book. And it's the top 10 things that your kids need to know so that they don't come back home. I'm going to download it right now. I'm signing up. <laughs> Crystal, are you ready to help people with their finances? Let's give it a shot. You know, it's end of the year. I think a lot of people are thinking about tax prep and how to, you know, make the most of 2019 from a tax perspective because things like, you know, the deductions and things like that, they um, there's a cutoff usually by the end of the year to be able to qualify for that when you go to do your taxes in the uh, in January to March. So the qu- first question we've got here is from Morgan. She says, I'm having a big income year with a commission windfall. Any ideas for what to do year end to save on taxes? Well, I hope she kept good log of like expenses and receipts, right? Because I think uh, I'm I'm getting the sense that she's in a sales role. She's talking about commission, and if there were any expenses related to preparing for making these sales, I think those are potential deductions. Just very, very simply, very off the top of my head. But I think there's so many other deductions, right? That I don't know about Morgan's medical expenses. I don't know about her charitable giving. I don't know about you know maybe some other kinds of um, job-related expenses. A lot of those are worth tracking. Whether you work with with a CPA or an online an online tax preparer, you would just want to have these at the ready and these numbers at the ready because they may be very well um, able to reduce her taxable income. What do you think, Crystal? Well, and uh, you could always, you've got time before the end of the year, you could max out the 401k and the IRA if she hasn't maxed those yet. Um, HSA, FSA, 529. So you could dump all your money in December, max as much as of that as you can out. If you usually give, say you give a thousand dollars to your charity of your choice for the year, maybe this year you do $2,000, right? And you can up that. Another idea is you can prepay your January mortgage payment so that you get the extra interest that you could write off for this year. Um, and if you deduct your sales tax out of your taxes, maybe December, if you're up, you're ready for a new car, you need new appliances. If there's some big purchase that you want to make soon. You might as well do it before the end of the year and get that sales tax. Yeah. And if you've got student loans, the interest is deductible. If you've got a mortgage, the interest is deductible. Um, I'm going to put a link up on our show notes, which is linking out to nerdwallet.com, one of my favorite personal finance resources. They've got a post just on the most common tax deductions and credits for individuals, the 20 most popular for 2019. So if uh, you still want to dig into this more, um, please check out the So Money Podcast website and the link will be there. All right. Good luck to you, Morgan. Meredith has two questions, one about taxes, one about health insurance. So the first one is, how do I know if a deduction will actually save me money on 
my taxes. If you're working with a CPA, again, or a, a tax preparer, he or she will be able to tell you. Um, and often, you know, if you're using a software, there are there is online assistance. You can simply ask. You can also check the IRS website. It's a bit of a maze. Maybe I'm just simplifying this too much. But do you think that there's more to this question, Crystal? I think there must be. And I mean, the first the first question back is, do you itemize your taxes, right? Like, yeah. If you don't itemize your taxes, then no, it's not going to help you. Um, and anytime I get, ta- I get a lot of tax questions because I am a CPA, but I don't do taxes. I said, it's like asking an eye doctor why your ankle hurts. Um, so find a pro. That is my advice. Find someone that gets paid to know these things. Right. I mean, the information is out there and it often it just depends on your situation. If you're self-employed, if you run a business, if you're not self-employed, if you've got a lot of medical expenses. I mean, in all of these scenarios, there are probably some different tax benefits for you if you have kids, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really about understanding kind of your life and how your life operates from a business perspective, from a family perspective, from an investing perspective, if you've contributed to things like a 401k and IRA, keep track of all of these things because there are incentives usually each step of the way. But yeah, to your point, Crystal, really it's about, if you're not sure, working with a pro who can immediately tell you yes or no. Meredith's second question is about health insurance. And again, kind of along the same line, she's like, how do I know if I'm properly insured? Like I know I need health insurance, but how, how much is enough? And again, this is again, I think a question that boils down to your life, your needs, your, your family's needs. Um, and often if you're getting health insurance through your employer, then you can call that uh, provider and ask simply, you know, what's best for me? Should I get a high deductible, a low deductible plan? Look, if you're somebody who is healthy, um, has had a pretty clean uh, bill of health for many years and don't anticipate um, having like, you know, procedures, operations, work done, I think that a high deductible plan is probably the best route to go. You'll have lower premiums. And then with that, you can also open up a health savings account. But again, not knowing your situation, this is not my recommendation. This is just my kind of like, you know, analysis. If this, if then... Sometimes the websites are really robust. They'll be able to tell you, answer a series of 10 to 12 questions, and they'll suggest a plan for you. I also want to bring up a really great resource for those of you who want to save money on health expenses, right? So the question here is, you know, how do I know if I'm getting quote unquote enough coverage? But a lot of people just want to know, how can I save on the coverage that I have? And I actually have an article up on my website at farnoosh.tv where I break down, you know, uh, ways to save on medical expenses. By the way, did you know you could negotiate with your doctor, with your dentist? You mentioned eye doctor, Crystal. Like you actually can have conversations with your physician about budgets and saving on medical expenses without compromising the the quality of the care. 
And I also want to give a shout out to one of my partners, VSP Individual Vision Care. They offer VSP Individual Vision plans that are super affordable for people who are self-employed. And you can buy a plan directly from them, no employer needed, at getvspdirect.com. A lot of time vision plan is not included sometimes in your overall health insurance plan or it's an an add-on and it can be really expensive. And if you're working for yourself, you might skip on it because, you know, you're already perhaps spending a lot of money on all the different benefits that you have to now organize and and arrange. So you're like, oh, well, you know, do I really need to go get my eyes checked every year? Yes. Yes, you do. My father was very insistent upon this. We've been seeing eye doctors since we were very little. I learned the difference between an ophthalmologist and an optometrist very early on in life, thanks to my dad. Crystal, how do you guys arrange health insurance in your in your family? Do you have it through your employer? What's the what's the route that you take? You have a pretty big family. Right. And everyone is covered through employers. And and really, we don't ha- knock on wood. We don't have a whole lot to consider. Um, and that's really, you have to look at it from your personal perspective. And without knowing her medical history, her family, the needs they have, to me, it makes me immediately go to the other side and think, regardless of your coverage, let's make sure that you have enough cash on hand to cover your deductions to cover your out-of-pocket expenses. Um, You mentioned the FSA and the HSA, right? So let's make sure everything on that side of the house, I think we could, we could advise you there to make how to make sure that's all taken care of. Um, And then really, as far as the coverage part, it it depends. It really does depend. I know, sorry, we can't give you very specific answers, but we hope that we'll give you a running start in trying to figure this out on your own. Okay, moving on to Jessica. She wrote in on Instagram, which by the way, is an excellent way to get in touch. I'm often on the gram, less on Facebook, less on Twitter. It's, it's a really simple and direct way to get in touch. Direct message me there at Farnoosh Tarabi. She says, I've been loving your podcast. Question for you. My husband contributes the max to his 401k. I run a very small business, but don't currently contribute to our savings, but I'm ready and I want to. I love ideas on how or what this should look like. Should I get my own retirement plan, a different savings plan, an investment account? How much? Is there too little to be saving? Well, I run my own business and I can tell you that what's worked for our family and for me personally is having a SEP IRA, uh, which is like an IRA where you can contribute and then deduct your contributions from your taxable income. SEP IRA, you can contribute up to, I think it's like fifty-five or $56,000 this year. It's very high. If you really want to, you're asking about how much, like you can really, you can really go far with a SEP IRA versus a traditional IRA, which is $6,000 annually. Um, so that there, there's that option. There's also the option, like you said, of opening up a brokerage account. But I would start with something that has the tax benefits of a 401k, like a SEP IRA or a traditional IRA. Definitely get started on this. Take care of yourself. Your husband is contributing the max to his 401k, which is great. But I think it's really important for spouses who maybe don't have access to a 401k to also separately save for themselves. There's no one who arrives at retirement saying, oh, we really saved too much. 
right, Crystal? I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it, it it depends too. She brings up a few different ideas. So definitely, if you want the tax benefits and you're looking at the long term, then the SEP IRA is the way to go. I don't know. Does she have an emergency fund? Is this money that she thinks she might need? She runs her own small business. Do they have down periods where she might need access to money again um, due to fluctuations? And then, you know, there's online savings accounts where you could get a little bit better interest rate. Uh, She mentions the the getting into the market. So there's a lot of a lot of different avenues and it just kind of depends on what are you saving for. I want to also clarify because I think a lot of people call retirement savings savings, but you're really investing, right? And and not so so we're really like you mentioned Crystal, these are very different things and I would first want to make sure that because as an entrepreneur, you're so vulnerable to income flu- income fluctuations and maybe there's periods where you're not making money. So having a reserve that is in your business savings to help you with cash flow so that you can continue to pay out your expenses while you're keeping the lights on and then growing the business. Very important to have at least, I would say, you know, three to six months of your business expenses shored up somewhere. I mean, a year would be ideal, but let's not get crazy. Let's start with something manageable, three months, four months. And then simultaneous to that, or when that's done, open up an investment account for the purposes of long-term savings. So retirement, these are separate things. I don't want this to be even like an either or thing. Like you need savings and you need investments for your business, for your personal savings, for your retirement. I Yeah, Crystal, you're right. If she doesn't have the rainy day yet, I would say that is priority. She also asks how much and, and is there too little? There is never too little. It, the point is just to start and make it a habit. And I, I think as women, especially, we are scared to start because we're scared we're going to do it wrong. Who cares? Do it wrong. Yeah, just who start. Cares? <laughs> Imperfect action is okay. Yeah. And just to uh, encourage everybody out there who may feel um, not, you know, quote unquote, an investor, women actually do better as investors than men. So just putting that out there that the data is in, the science has said, has spoken that women are better investors. We often hear only that women are risk averse. We're not investing enough both true. But also the truth is that when we do invest, we outperform men. So let that be also a piece of uh, of encouragement for you and anyone else there who needed to hear that. Did you know that, Crystal? I did. I did. And I I think, yeah, there's positive ways that we could say it, you know, and it's, I think the patience piece of it is what we do well. And we're willing to ride it out and we're willing to take the lumps with the good times. The researchers have also said that, you know, as far as the why, why are women better at investing? It's because we're we're not so reactive to movements in the market. Like you said, we're not in it, we're not in it for the game and for the thrill. Right. Whereas I think investing is often characterized as this sport, right? This thrill, this boys clubby thing. And as a result, um, on average, you see more men uh, kind of moving the stocks around and being more reactive. Whereas women, we're just sort of, we, we coast, we stay the course, but not because we're not educated. We just, we have our eye on the prize, which is a mm-hmm. longer term prize. 
Okay. Good luck to you, Jessica. And lastly, we have a question from someone who wants to stay anonymous. No problem. He or she says, uh, hey, Farnoosh, I've listened to your podcast for six months and I cannot overstate how much it has helped me grow and shift the way I think about money. That makes me feel so good. If, you, if it can change your mind about some of the things that maybe were holding you back when it comes to managing your money or investing or saving or earning more, I think that is so awesome to hear. It's so rewarding and really, truly it's foundational. So I'm, I'm happy to hear it and I'm happy that you've been here for six months and you've stuck with it. So this person says that they have a career question specifically about career coaching. He or she is 29 years old, just moved to a new state while my partner starts grad school. I finished my master's two years ago. I've had a steady, relevant, but low paying job after graduating. Because I have a lot of student loan debt, six figures, I feel strongly about finding something with higher pay. I've been searching in this new area for about two months, haven't gotten any traction, and I'm hoping that a career coach might help me avoid a very prolonged search. I'm all about investing in myself in this way, but only have enough savings to cover about two more months of expenses. So I want to be sure I'm investing in someone who will help me see results. Any tips on what to look for in a career coach or where to start? Crystal, have you ever worked with a career coach? I have not worked with a career coach, but I have worked with many recruiters. And the good thing about a recruiter is it's free to you. As the searcher, it's free to you and it's in their best interest to get you a good fit, get you the most money they can, you know, they're paid a commission mm -hmm. of your salary. So they want to get you as much money as they can. Um, their reputation is on the line. I, I, I think it's a good way to go. The job market is hot right now and employers need good people. You know, you are kind of the diamond right now. So you can definitely play that to your strengths right now. Of course, there are, there are benefits to working with a coach, but it sounds like there's a little bit more urgency to her situation. She only has two months of savings left. She kind of really wants to make this transition sooner than later. When you work with a coach, it may take a while to warm up and get things going. But I think I love the idea of working with a recruiter because this person can also help you with your online profile, your LinkedIn profile. I'll give you the, a really... Um, personal example, my father, who if you want to learn about his career transition, check out the last episode I interviewed him. And he got laid off in his 60s, early 60s. And he was very senior in his career. At that point, most people would just say, well, it was, it's been a good run. I guess I'm retiring early because nobody wants to hire someone who's quote unquote over the hill and will probably only work for another five years, blah, blah, blah. He instead... Um, cleaned up his LinkedIn, worked with a recruiter, took on um, some online courses to kind of brush up his skills and m sort of modernize his skill set. Because remember, he'd been working in, in one industry, in one role for decades. So now he wants to transition to kind of a different industry, not a, not a 180, but you know, it's going to require some shifting. He, re he kind of figured out what his holes were on the LinkedIn profile, on the resume, and was able to take some supplemental courses, all of them for free online. So he went to places like Stanford Online. He, I think LinkedIn has some courses. And I mean, I'm so proud of my father. He has linked because LinkedIn is really where everyone's looking. And your keywords on LinkedIn is, I want to say like 40 to 50% of it. 
when recruiters or employers are looking for applicants, they're starting on LinkedIn all, a lot of the times, or they're going through, you know, their internal employees or word of mouth, but LinkedIn's a huge feed for job applicants. And a lot of it is people reaching out to people simply because of what their profile says. So I want not to say that this is going to be like the solution, but I think there's something to be said about contacting a recruiter, which is free to you, getting maybe a couple of people to give you feedback, the recruiters, even maybe just people, friends in the industry that you want to transition to and have them give you some really honest feedback about, you know, what your profile is saying and how that's lining up with the jobs that you want to get. Because you're right, Crystal, the market is really strong right now. So stick with it. I don't think you got to spend a lot of money here. Agreed. Crystal, what are your plans for the holidays as we approach? We're in November now. So I got to ask you about like Thanksgiving and all the other holidays you might, you might celebrate. Yeah, we Thanksgiving, we usually hunker down. Um, it's usually a day of football and family and food. All, all the good, all the good F words. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fabulous. That's another F word. <laughs> Sounds fabulous. Crystal, I really appreciate you volunteering to come on the show. I want to tell everybody to visit lifeprepconline.com. This is great. We need more resources like this because uh, a lot of times as parents, we don't know where to start when it comes to talking about money with our kids. We know it's important. They're not getting this education in school. We just want to know, we know at least, okay, so just give it, boil it down for us in which you do in your online book with, you know, just the quick things that you need to talk about. If nothing else, have these conversations with your kids. Really appreciate the work. And this is all in addition to everything you're doing. So really, thank you. Thank you. I've had a lot of fun. And everybody listening, I hope your weekend is so money. 